0: We have been studying the book of Jeremiah and in Jeremiah we've seen how God's plan prevails that's similar to mothers right so mothers are always making plans and and making sure that they're coming to fruition or doing their best to do that and of course moms aren't perfect as God's perfect and his plans are perfect Um, but we see a lot of similarities in Jeremiah between God the father and earthly parents and so We'll see some of that again today. God is constantly having to do things that Jeremiah doesn't understand. He doesn't understand why God is doing it that way. God is having to punish his children uh, because that's what's best for them. He wants them to learn. He, he doesn't want them to continue down the path of hurting themselves and others. And so he's, he's constantly having to do that. And so today we're going to get to listen uh, to a little bit better news than what we have been. Because there's been a lot of talk about punishment, and we'll hear, hear some more of that today. Because in Jeremiah, it's, it's just right on the, the next paragraph or next page. It, we're always close to it. Um, but we're going to hear a lot of good news. We're going to hear about how God's redemption prevails. He knows what he's doing. And, and all of this that he's doing to get the people of Israel's attention, it's going to work. And he prophesies about how it will work today. And uh, we are specifically going to be looking at Jeremiah's cha- Jeremiah chapter 16 and 23. And in those chapters, we will see how they are connected and tied together. Uh, sometimes it's hard to know if these things are happening at the same time. Uh, but today, even though there are chapters between, it's going to be extremely obvious because it says word for word in some places the same thing. So let's go to chapter 16, verse 14. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when it shall no longer be said, as the Lord lives who brought up the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. So I'm going to pause there, even though the sentence isn't finished. Um, In days past, we, we remember the time when God's people were enslaved in Egypt. So God raised up Moses to lead the Israelites out of slavery and out of Egypt. And they've been telling the stories of Moses and, the, and, and what happened during the plagues and the exodus. They've been telling those stories for generations. And God says, that won't be the first story on your mind here in a short while. Now, short while in God's terms. Um, but when they are finally brought back, as we'll see in the next verse, the new stories will be about what God did in these days, in the days of Jeremiah. And so that's what he's saying here. And we get to verse 15 and there's the, the but. But as the Lord lives, who brought up the people of Israel out of the north country and out of all the countries where he had driven them. So the news stories are going to be about how God brought them back from Babylon and the different places where they were scattered. And we see, we will see this clearly as we continue on in Jeremiah in the coming weeks. Um, but we see this in the New Testament looking back at this moment. We see it in other books of the Bible like Nehemiah and Ezra when we're looking backwards of when God uh, sent the people into exile into Babylon and then how he started bringing them out and how he raised up these men and women, these families to help in times of need. And so we we see here uh, that this is the story that they will tell. At the end of that verse, it says, For I will bring them back to their own land that I gave to their fathers. Behold, I am sending for many fishers, declares the Lord, and they shall catch them. Now, this, if you know the New Testament, you can't help but to think of fishers of men in, in a New Testament sense, in an evangelical sense. Um, but God's going to send out people to bring his people back. Uh, because if you don't know the story, uh, they're about to be punished for all of the sins that they've been committing for generations and all of the evil that they have been doing. Uh, they, God has warned them. They have repeatedly ignored his warnings. And so now he's telling them that he's bringing punishment. And he says that after the punishment is finished, he's going to bring them home. He's going to send out fishers, declares the Lord, to catch the fish, Right. And afterward, I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and every hill and out of the clefts of the rocks. So he's saying things are going to get really bad. We looked at last week how there was a famine, and and things are going to get even worse uh, for the people that live here in Judah and in Jerusalem. And and we're going to see how um, they're scattered. They're in these awful situations. But God is predicting and prophesying that one day he's going to bring them back. One day this will be over. In verse 17, For my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from me, nor is their iniquity concealed from my eyes. So we have um, scripture that tells us that when we ask for forgiveness and God forgives us, our sin is as far as the east is from the west, meaning that it's as far as it can be from falling back on us. But when we don't ask God to forgive us of our sins, and sometimes when we ask Him to forgive us of our sins, the eternal punishment we're spared from, as we just talked about. But the the consequences that we face here on earth might not be over. And so we see that here. For my eyes are on all their ways, they are not hidden from me, nor is their iniquity concealed from my eyes. So God, they haven't asked for forgiveness. God knows what they've done. But first, I will doubly repay their iniquity and their sin because they have polluted my land with the carcasses of their detestable idols and have filled my inheritance with their abomination. So God's saying punishment is coming. He's going to repay their iniquity double. And so God, I said we're going to get to the redemption part and we are. He's going to bring them back. There's some good news, right? Right. But he's not letting this go. He, he's going to make sure that they understand that before the redemption, he is going to deal with their sins. And isn't that the way that it works for us? From a future perspective, from a New Testament perspective, we have to ask God to forgive us of our sins. We have to, to go to him and deal with those things and, and we can't ignore those things. We have to deal with those things. And, and if we don't, We will answer for that. And even if we ask him to forgive us, he will forgive us. And he is faithful and just to do so if we confess our sins. Uh, But that doesn't mean that there won't be some consequences here on this side of eternity. And so in verse 19, O Lord, my strength and my stronghold, my refuge in the day of trouble. Now, what you can't see here on the screens with the words on the bottom is that Verses 19 and 20 are poetry. They're they're kind of set apart. And it says, O Lord, and I'm assuming this is Isaiah, O Lord, my strength and my stronghold, my refuge in the day of trouble, to you shall the nations come from the ends of the earth and say, Our fathers have inherited nothing but lies, worthless things in, in which there is no profit. Now I'll go to verse 20, but let's look at verse 19 first. He's saying that there's going to be a day. When the nations, not just the Israelites, not only is he going to fish for them and hunt for them and bring them back from their exile, but there are going to be people from other nations that come to him and who confess that everything that they've been living for hasn't been fulfilling. It hasn't been worth it. It's been worthless. And, and that's the future. That's what's going to happen. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so what we have to do is, is we have to make sure that we are responding to God's invitation to repentance now. The Israelites were ignoring it, and and their punishment was coming. We cannot ignore. We have to turn to God. Look at verse 20. Can make for himself gods, such are not gods. Can man make for himself gods, sorry, such are not gods. And so we can put other things before God, but that doesn't mean that they truly are God. We can worship other gods. That doesn't mean that they are God. And so we have to make sure that our attention and our focus is on God. And then the last verse of this chapter, Therefore, behold, I will make them know, this once, I will make them know my power and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. So, (laughs) there They're going to know his power and his might. The people who come back to him, the people who come to him from the nations and say, we need your forgiveness, and they they confess their sins to him, he's he's going to forgive. But the people who don't, we'll we'll all know that he is Lord. So let's now transition and move over to chapter 23, verse 1. Woe to the shepherds. So we see, woe, not good news. We see once again that God is, is coming back to the punishment. But this time he starts with the punishment and he's going to end with the redemption. And so, woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Now we've already seen the leaders of Israel, even the priests and the prophets, many false prophets, um, that they're no good, that they are leading the people astray. And God is saying, woe to them. And then in verse 2, Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people, you have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for your evil deeds, declares the Lord. This is serious. God is telling them that he is going to deal with their sin. Then I will gather the remnant of my flock. Now, let me say this about the remnant. The remnant is present throughout the Old Testament, especially in the prophetic books. Um, The the remnant is mentioned a lot in Isaiah and and some in Jeremiah. And we see that this is a faithful people who believe in him. Not just people who uh, consider themselves followers of God because they were born in Israel. They were born Israelites. um, But these are people who truly have faith in him and who are going to live that out. And they're faithful and, and he says that he's going to gather those people. And here's the crazy part, is that he doesn't spare the remnant, those faithful people, from what is about to come. They have to go through it too. Now some of them go through it in a different way. They might not be taken into exile into Babylon, um, but they all suffer immensely from the sins of the people. And so he doesn't spare the remnant from some of the things that they have to go through. But he is going to offer special blessings for them. And this can be related to, to our lives. God doesn't always spare us from pain. He doesn't always spare us from suffering. But what's going to come in the end? He's going to gather his remnant. Not just in, from this one situation or this one painful act. He's going to gather us and we are never going to experience pain again or suffering again. We will dwell with him for an eternity one day. So then I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and I will bring them back to their fold and they shall be fruitful and multiply. Now in the New Testament, we see how God has this remnant, these just few disciples that are still there when Jesus dies on the cross. And what happens to that remnant? The Holy Spirit comes and they are set on fire for god's glory and they begin to be fruitful and multiply and in the old testament be fruitful and multiply meant be fruitful multiply have babies fill the earth and in the new testament be fruitful and multiply means make disciples tell others about the love of christ share that love with them so that they follow jesus and so here we can see that there and this is this happens a lot in jeremiah there are really three levels of, of things going on here there's the here and now for Jeremiah's time. And then there's the immediate, Here, here's going to be some things that happen um, after the years of the exile and God brings his people back to the physical place of Israel, Judah, um, Jerusalem. And there's that. Uh, so that's kind of one, is the immediate context for Jeremiah. Then there's some things that are prophesied that have already taken place now but had not taken place then about the New Testament type stuff, about Jesus coming, as we're going to see in just a second. Um, But then there's a third level that's even further out that we haven't even seen the the fulfillment of today, which will be at the end of time. And so he is bringing them back, and he's talking about being fruitful and multiplying, and we see that from New Testament eyes, and I'm not sure how Jeremiah's people saw it, um, but let's go on to verse 4. I will set shepherds over them who will care for them. Notice the this contrast between the shepherds who they've had and have not been living faithfully and the shepherds that God is going to provide. And so I hope that I'm a good shepherd. I hope that I'm helpful in leading you and leading the church. I hope that if, if, if somebody is watching this who belongs to another church, that their pastor, that their elders, that their whoever's on staff at their church whatever the case might be that those leaders the deacons whoever are shepherding them are leading them in a good way in a godly way in a helpful way and and god has promised that he will set those good shepherds up Uh, i will set the shepherds over them who will care for them and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed neither shall any be missing declares the lord behold the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. Now, David is a general term that's sometimes used to describe Israel, David being King David who was over Israel. And, um, and so, of course, the, the righteous branch that it's talking about here is Jesus. And Jesus himself says, I am the branch. Right? I'm the vine, you are the branches. So he's the big branch that all the little ones are connected to. He is the righteous branch. That, that this offspring of David. And Jesus was a descendant of King David. And he shall reign as king and deal wisely. And shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Now Jesus lived a faithful life here on earth. But we haven't seen the fulfillment of this yet. I mean, of course he is reigning now with God in heaven. um, But we haven't seen him execute justice to its fullness. We haven't seen him give us his righteousness and adopt us in fully yet. That day is coming though. Uh, But hey, praise God that it's not just all punishment and doom and gloom. That he offers us redemption that he is righteous and he is just and he is good and he will rule over us with that. And so we want to go to him and be right with him and to ask him to forgive us. He, he came in order to make it possible for us to be forgiven. Jesus didn't come to, to condemn the world, right? According to John three seventeen, the the world was already condemned. He came to save it. He came to save us. And so, praise God, we can put our trust in him. And then, verse 6 In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called The Lord is our righteousness. Now, this isn't just some regular man who's going to be born in the lineage of David, because he's called the Lord. The Lord is our righteousness. How can just a regular man bring justice and righteousness to the earth? He can't. Look around at any leader that we've had. As good as they've been, as bad as they've been, none of them have been able to bring righteousness and justice. They have done, some have done good things, right? But no earthly leader is going to be able to do what Jesus has done and what Jesus will do. And so we can put our faith And trust in him. Isn't it amazing when we can trust God? I mean, think about uh, a family and how good it is for children who have responsible parents, who they can trust, who they know they're going to take care of them. Even when money is tight, even when things are stressful, even when COVID-19 is is in full-blown effect, It's so amazing when children have parents that they can trust. It gives them peace. It gives them this hope for the future. And if if we can put that much trust in our mothers for Mother's Day, in our fathers, if we can put that much hope in our earthly parents, how much more hope can we put in God and in His Son, Jesus, who has proven His faithfulness, who has come to save us, The Lord is our righteousness. And thank goodness for that line. Thank goodness that we don't have to rely on our righteousness. Because the Bible tells us our righteousness is like filthy rags in the sight of the Lord. Our righteousness is not going to get us anywhere but thrown into hell. But we don't have to rely on our righteousness. We can't rely on our righteousness. We rely on our Lord who is righteous. We rely on Jesus. And so Even right now, as as things are desperate, as things are just um, stressful, let's put our hope, let's put our joy in Christ. Let's trust Him in the midst of the chaos. Verse 7. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they shall no longer say, As the Lord lives who brought up the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Does this sound familiar? This is where we started. We're getting in the habit of this, aren't we? Um, ending where we started. And so if, if we were to go back to, to chapter 16, then we could see this again. That This is this is what he said in verse 14. In, in, in Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 14, he said, Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when it shall no longer be said, as the Lord lives who brought up the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And this is what we're seeing here. Fast forwarding into... Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 7, Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they shall no longer say, As the Lord lives who brought up the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. So what are they going to say? What do you think? Well, if you remember the beginning of the sermon, you know. But as the Lord lives who brought up and led the offspring of the house of Israel out of the north country and out of all the countries where he had driven them, then they shall dwell in their own land. Now I want to point out a couple of things here as we close. Remember the other nations that came to him and said that their gods were useless. Remember that. And look here. He's not saying the people of Israel. Look at what he says. Who brought up and led the offspring of the house of Israel. So this is a little bit different than what he was saying in Jeremiah chapter 16 where he said he brought up the people of Israel out of Egypt. And now he's saying, who brought up and led the offspring of the house of Israel out of the north country. Thank goodness it's not just Jewish people who can be saved. Thank goodness that he extends that salvation to everyone. Yes, he chose Israel. They were his special people to make his name known to the nations. But Jeremiah is a huge part of that. Is about how the people of of God continually broke the covenant that he made with with them. And how he had to make a new covenant. A New Testament in the Bible. We can read about, in the New Testament, we can read about the new covenant. And in the new covenant, in, in Hebrews, he says that there would be no need for a new covenant if the old one was sufficient. And so, the new covenant tells us that anyone who puts their faith in Jesus can be saved. Anyone who believes that God is able to save through His Son can be saved. And so my question to you is, do you believe that? And if you do, then praise God. You are a part of the remnant. You are a part of the chosen, the selected ones who have come to Him and asked Him for salvation and He has given freely. And anyone who calls upon His name in faith, He will save them. And so thank God that we're a part of that. And and If you're not a part of that, if you're not a part of the chosen, then you can put your faith in Him right now. And I just want to challenge you and encourage you to look around you and to know that even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of everything that's happening, God knows what He's doing. He has a plan, and His plan prevails. He knows what He's doing. Even in the midst of this, even in the midst of COVID-19, even in the midst of concerns about the economy, God knows what he's doing. Sometimes it's hard to trust that when things aren't going the way we want them to. Sometimes it's hard to trust when we see pain all around us. But what we have to do is go back to the past. See all the times he has proven himself faithful, not only to us, but throughout history. We can go to his word and we can see the times when he's faithful. He upheld his promise. He sent the righteous branch of David, Jesus. And we can put our trust in him. So, where are you today? I hope that your experiences with your mom were only good, were only positive. Now, we know that not everything is always good not everything is always positive. But I hope that when you think of trusting a parent, that that comes easy because you had such a good experience. And if that's the case, then God will not let you down. But for some of us, maybe we didn't have that best experience with a parent. And maybe when we think of trusting a parent, it doesn't come so easily. We've had some bad experiences in that area. Well, let me assure you that you could trust God. He is good. I want you to think now of all the times that he has been faithful in your life. I pray that he will bring them to mind, even if you didn't know it was him working. I pray that right now that God would show you what he has done for your good. He loves us, and he is good, and his redemption prevails. All we have to do is put our faith in him. Let me pray for us. God, we love you, and I just pray that you would just bless us. Help us to put our trust in you. Help us to put our faith in you. Lord, keep us safe and help us to know how to respond during these crazy times. But even in the danger, even in the sickness, even in the economic turmoil, I pray that we would trust you, that we would put our faith in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for hanging out with me this morning. Uh, I hope that if you have any questions that you will contact us. And I pray that you will have a blessed Mother's Day for all of you moms out there and for all of you kids call your mamas Uh, for all of you dads make sure you do something kind and nice to show them just how appreciated they are we we love you guys and we hope that you have a blessed mother's day see you later